Hello, welcome to Sip Tea with Allie, and in today's episode, I thought it'd be fun to talk about my experience at the Outsiders Museum. So I've been meaning to journal about this um, and even print pictures out because my dad said that he was like, why don't you try to um, print pictures out and, you know, try to make a scrapbook and stuff. So I'm thinking about it. I might make a scrapbook at some point. And because I literally took almost 300 pictures when I was gone. I'm not kidding. My phone brought up like a memory this week from my trip. And it was seriously like almost 300 pictures. So <laughs> um, I and a few videos included in that. So I was like, you know, it would be nice if I, you know, had some of these printed out and I kind of wrote about it and stuff because I don't want to forget about it. That's why I'm on here talking about it right now because I don't want to forget about it. I don't want to forget about the experience that I had there because it can be really hard to remember the feelings that you had or what you saw after you know, a few months, like, I'm even trying to, like, remember every little thing in my head right now, and I'm, like, struggling a tiny bit, like, it's still pretty vivid, because it's been exactly a week, which is one of the reasons why I'm, I am, like, getting to this now, because I'm, like, thinking about it a lot, because I'm, like, man, that was literally a week ago, are you kidding me, like, time has flown by so fast, this week flew by like crazy, I'm telling you, August has already flown by, and I know we're, literally only a weekend, like, not not a weekend, a week in, it feels like, I don't know how to describe it, but it feels like I know that life is just gonna fly by from here on out. I don't know why I feel that way. I think part of me is, is kind of like, well, you just, you just had your birthday, last week and so it's kind of like I've been thinking a lot about the fact that I'm another year older and this past year literally flew by and in some aspects it didn't fly by as fast as I wanted it to and in other aspects other aspects why can't I talk other aspects it it flew by like too fast Um, so it's kind of, I don't know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about growing up and getting older and things changing because I'm at a phase in my life where there's a lot of new things heading my way, a lot of new things that I'm experiencing right now and a lot of new things to come and it just kind of gets crazier from here on out and I know it because it's like, I just keep getting older and I'm going to have more responsibilities because the older you get, the more responsibilities you have. And that's kind of how it feels right now. So I've been trying not to be stressed out, but to be honest, I've been very, very stressed. I've been putting a lot of pressure on myself and I mean a lot. And thinking about the amount of stuff that I have to do, like it sounds overwhelming, but it's not even that much. It's just trying to get 
that courage and that motivation and that energy to complete a task that I'm really struggling on doing because I feel so burnt out. So this week kind of flew by and and I was hoping to do some productive stuff um, and maybe even start on that scrapbook and I haven't and that's okay. Um, I'm just trying to remind myself that every little step that I'm taking towards a greater goal, a bigger goal, an overall goal, you know, I'm, I'm going to get somewhere eventually, <laughs> even if right now it seems like I'm getting nowhere. Um, like I started on some applications for something this week and I was just working on my, um, weekly plan because I haven't, I normally don't plan my week in the summer. That's something I do during the school week, school year, but my planner just got in today. So I decided that I would just write out the tasks that I need to get done this week. So that way it doesn't seem as daunting. So it's like, okay, I have to dog sit. I have to babysit this day. I have to do, go to a meeting this day. I have to go to an, a doctor's appointment this day. I have to, you know, I'm going to try to go on the on a walk every day. I'm going to try, I need to do an online meeting on this day. So I'm trying to like write this all down. So it's like, doesn't seem like a lot. And it's also practice for getting into the swing of things for the school year. So that's something that I'm trying to do today on top of just some little tasks, um, like trying to, you know, work on some writing stuff because I need to write a few short essay thingies, which are actually harder than you would think they, they would be because it's kind of like, oh, 250 words or 650 words or 500 words. That's easy. No, if you're a wordy person like me, that really tries to like draw people in. It's like I try to like write a story every single time when really they're just asking me to like lay out the facts, lay out the truth and keep it short, keep it simple, keep it simple and keep it sweet. I can't really do that because I'm like trying to tell you my whole life story because that's just how I am. That's just how I write. And that's sometimes people wish they had that. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't wish you had this because people who can, I guess, like get a point across with very little words have a gift. Like that is difficult and it's much more powerful if you can lay something out and like display something, show some sort of meaning behind something or whatever in very few words. Because like that to me those are the things that are most impactful. Like, I think about how in the Bible, the shortest, most meaningful, most powerful sentence is whenever Jesus is in, in the agony in the garden. He said, And it says, like, Jesus wept. And to me, that is really powerful. Like, I don't even know if I have to go into, like, a deep explanation of why that's powerful why that's deep and why that's meaningful because it's just it's there you can feel that you can just I don't know think about so much with just those two words so that's something that I'm trying to work on is trying to like 
figure out a way where I can share something. Anyways, I I don't want to go on further about other stuff, ranting in a million directions, but basically, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out some things, get some things in order, because I know that things are going to get crazier with the school year starting and such, so just trying to ease myself into it. I'm going to try to follow a morning and night routine this week. I don't know. And if I can at least do it one of the days this week, that'll be a step in the right direction. That's all I have to say because I've been up way too late. Way too late. But that's fine. It's okay. <laughs> um, I am going to try to... There are... I'm trying to think. There are a few things that I want to share with you guys about the trip that I don't want to forget. And I'm trying to figure out where I should start. I think the best place to start would just be at the beginning. So my first reaction to seeing the house. So if you've been listening to the past few episodes, you'll kind of be able to tell that this story has touched me in a way that Narnia hasn't. I'm not saying that Narnia isn't something that I think about and that is consoling and helps me draw closer to God. You know, it's still a story that I love. And if you were to ask me my favorite, my top three books, okay, I would say number one, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, if I had to pick any of the um, books in the Narnia series, that's the one that has been the most impactful for me. So Voyage of the Dawn Treader, The Outsiders, and then I would have to say Northanger Abbey. Northanger Abbey is a classic. It's by Jane Austen, which my mom is a huge fan of, and that kind of sparked my love for classical literature and just reading in general a few months ago. And it was kind of that book that set off my love for reading again and I've already kind of expressed this in other episodes um, especially towards the beginning of this series I think I talked about it quite a bit but it's been one of those books that I will always love and being able to kind of talk about it with my mom was special I just love it I really like it and I, I relate a lot to the main character in that story so, yeah, <laughs> Narnia, Outsiders, and Northanger Abbey, are those are going to be my three favorite books for a long time. <laughs> they, I think they always will be. They'll always hold a special place in my heart because they kind of, like I said, it's just started a chain reaction for my love for reading and writing. And it was actually... Narnia and I would say Little Woman that really set my I guess set off my love for writing and really inspired me to write and then it was The Outsiders that really sparked my love like for literature like I could I'm not telling you how 
it, how hard it hit me that I was like, man, what if I were just to just to become an English teacher? Because there's something so special in helping children love stories and helping children become storytellers themselves. I was actually babysitting a three-year-old this week and we were playing with this little mat. I don't know how to describe it, but there's it's like this mat and you put water on it and it kind of like changes colors and stuff like that. And there's like houses and um, there's like store. There was like maybe a playground, a beach, all these different things on this little mat. Um, and he was kind of like, you know, what? this is kind of boring. How can we make this interesting? Of course, that's not what he said, but he was kind of like, I don't really know if I want to do this. And we were running out of things to do. And so what did I do? I turned, in, I turned him into a storyteller. So I told him, I was like, hey, why don't we make a story for, for like this town? We can name it. You can tell me who's all living in this town, where, where everybody's going. And sorry, coming off on the end again, um, but I'm back. <laughs> Basically, I was challenging this little boy to make up a story. So when we saw the little bus on the map, I said, okay, who's on that bus and where are they going? And he was telling me how he was going to take his family and his, um, like all, and his grandparents and, you know, all of that. And that they were going to go to the beach and stuff. And, and then, you know, I'd ask him, okay, like who's going to the playground, you know, who's, or who's going to the library or, or why, why is the ambulance heading to the post office, you know? We just, we kind of, I just started asking him these questions. And he started getting really excited. And then he started asking, wanting, you know, wanting me to get involved too. And it was just this whole process of storytelling. And I think it was the outsiders that made me even more passionate about literature because I saw that literature could change lives words can change lives like people could read the bible or read a story you know about a miracle and or like even like words in general not just like written words but words in general like you know god speaking to people and the saints speaking to people just little things that show you how powerful world, not word, I can't talk, y'all, how powerful words are, not worlds, <laughs> words are, and to be honest, The Outsiders was one of those books that made me really sit back and think, wow, words are powerful, because this book was powerful, and <laughs> it just even holds a more special place in my heart for some personal like family reasons and different things and no it's not like I'm in a family situation like that 
whatsoever, but I know of someone in my family that can relate a lot to some of these characters. And to have that special connection makes the story even deeper. And it's just, for some reason, it just feels like I was meant to read this book. And I had two friends tell me that um, the other day, actually. They were like, oh my goodness. Like, they're like, Allie, this is such a God thing. I think you were meant to read this. I think God is trying to tell you something through this. And having them say that was like another God thing in itself. Um, A special God moment I felt in my heart that said, wow, God is really trying to speak to me here. And to be honest, I can get so caught up in a book that I forget to pray, though. And I forget to sit back and look at God's beauty and thank him for helping me to realize the things that I've realized through literature, through stories, through just storytelling in general, whether that storytelling is through a song, through a work of art, through literature, through a film, through a TV show, like any way that really just kind of hits home, like that's just, that's not those shows or those movies or those books or those words or those songs or the lyrics or anything. It's not those things that are making me feel that way and, and just hitting home. It's God. It's God working through those things to get to me because for some reason I've had such a difficult time coming to him, reaching out to him, asking him for certain things. And I think that I mean, for I don't know, for me personally, I just think that I need to thank God more for just being able to have a connection towards these things and feel certain emotions and experience certain things by taking in various forms of entertainment. I, I might have talked about this before in my second to last episode like at a young age music and movies and even some books were like coping mechanisms for me because I was a very anxious child and you know I had a really difficult time sleeping for many many years and it wasn't until last year that I was diagnosed with a delayed sleep disorder so I mean it's not really a diagnosis or anything serious like it's more of like yeah, there's a name for it. And it's similar to insomnia, but not quite. Um, I was at a point where I, where it was getting out of hand and I thought I had insomnia and it was very similar to insomnia, but based off of testing and other things, I have a delayed sleep disorder. So that's something that I've had to live with for my entire life. And so it was always those books and those movies and those songs growing up that would pull certain strings of my heart. And I never knew why. And I always just thought it was the artist. I thought it was the author, the film director, (laughs) whatever, that was causing the audience to feel that way. But I started looking at it from a different perspective when I read The Outsiders because I realized, no, it's not any of these these people or these characters it's God because God put 
these words into the author's heart and they just shared them and one of the reasons why I think that this is true and it especially applies to the outsiders is because Essie Hinton said that you know she said that she hates when people come to her and they're like you saved my life and I've said this before maybe even (laughs) multiple times but she said something like you know I I wrote The Outsiders and then I wrote a few other books and you know my other books were just kind of so-so and she said that like but when it comes to The Outsiders you know she said that it feels different she said that she was meant to write it and so she did And that's simply what she did. You know, that was like her calling from God. You know, and I don't know if she's a religious person, but I think in my heart, it felt like when when she said that, and I'm totally butchering what she said, I can send you the video where she says this, like, and explains it. She's actually having a conversation with Rob Lowe. And um, anyways, she's just kind of like, I was meant to write this. And so I think this story has has really touched me in a way that I can't explain because it's kind of made me realize, no, maybe I was meant to share a story and I was meant to inspire others to do the same because I cannot explain how much a story and words have impacted me in the past several months. It hasn't even been a year since I picked up Northanger Abbey and, and fallen down this rabbit hole of, of stories that I have changed so much as a person, that I've looked at life from a different lens, from a different perspective. And to be honest, being able to see a book come to life, a film, come to life for that matter in real life is honestly just I don't know how to describe it but I don't know (laughs) it makes you speechless Um, so going to the Outsiders Museum and the film locations and just being in Tulsa it just felt right and I keep saying it, but I'm like, I left my heart in Tulsa, and I feel like I have, and for some reason, I'm like, man, what if, like, I was meant to just, I don't know, (laughs) like, become an author, live in Tulsa, volunteer at the museum, or, you know, meant to be, like, an English teacher or something, and to be honest, like, being able to experience that was something I will never forget and I remember just crying when I came home and I started unpacking because not only did reality hit you know I was realizing man I'm gonna have so much I'm gonna have to do this month like and I was really stressed out about everything when I came home but being able to look back on what I experienced and how I was touched by various people and other people were like acknowledging the fact that I was a true fan um 
and they were reminding me to stay gold, it really hit differently, you know, and I don't really know how to describe it, but I'm just going to kind of explain all that happened because I don't want to forget it, and I think it just, it's just nice. It's, this is me practicing my storytelling skills, (laughs) so, um, I actually didn't think that I was going to be able to go to the museum till like September or October, sometime in the fall, because my dad didn't really want to go when it was going to be blazing hot outside. So let's just give my dad a dad of the year award once more because he literally, like, I don't know why words, I'm struggling with words. <laughs> I have been all day because I've been trying to write something and I just haven't been able to. Um, but as I was saying, like, my dad took me to all the film locations. Well, not all of them, most of them. And a lot are outside. Um, there's a lot of stuff outside. So, <laughs> um, it was very hot. It was like a hundred and I think I think one of the days it felt like a hundred and four, hundred and nine. One of the days. Why am I saying one of the days? We were literally only there for like two days, <laughs> not even probably two days, um, like a day and a half, twenty four hours plus like a few hours. <laughs> um, so not 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 that long um but it was very 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 hot so we decided that we were going to go like a few weeks ago on a Saturday so it's been a few weeks I'm trying to think the day that we decided we were going to go I think we decided like a month ago that we were going to go Because it was, like, beginning of July-ish. I want to say it was July 10th. Yes, it was July 10th that we decided that we were going to go to the museum for my birthday at the end of the month. And it was still a little bit up in the air at first, and so time just kind of flew by, and it happened. We were able to go. We left on a Friday and the drive wasn't too bad. When we got there, we decided that we were gonna go and drive by the house before going to the hotel. And I kind of was like, why don't we save that for tomorrow? That way I, you can see my reaction for the first time and I actually can go inside because I might want to jump out of the car and like go inside the house, but I can't because they're about to close. <laughs> And we weren't going to pay for, like, me to go in there for, like, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. And plus, we needed to go to the hotel because we were going to do something, um, like, after we got to the hotel and stuff. Like, shortly after we got to the hotel, we were going to have to leave to go somewhere else. So, I was like, okay, fine, because my dad and my sister wanted to. So, we drove by the house, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And I was kind of like, wow, why does it, like, the fir- my first reaction was like, why does it look smaller than I thought it would be? And that, my dad was like, what did you expect? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. 
but the inside is actually a lot bigger than the outside. So it like looks really tiny on the outside, but the inside's really, really big. Um, and it's kind of a long house, but there was, there were more rooms in it than I actually had expected there to be because in the film, you don't really get to see a lot of the rooms. And I think some of it might've been like an addition onto the house. I could be wrong, but the house was almost demolished a few years ago, and that's a a whole nother story about, you know, how Danny O'Connor decided that he was going to buy the house and um, all that kind of stuff. That's another podcast episode. Or maybe just a conversation one-on-one with me because that's kind of a a story in itself and it's a tearjerker because this man is like doing all of this for God and to bring joy for people and that literally makes the whole, the, I don't know, (laughs) just the experience that much better because the people there are doing it with such great passion with great love and they're they're doing it because they want to bring joy to people and it brings them joy to to give back and so that's another story in itself but all I have to say is a big thank you to all the volunteers and employees there who literally made my birthday weekend the most special weekend of my life and um I don't even know where to begin with that because (laughs) I kind of started crying um I was like on the verge of tears because they had shared some um I had shared a post and they shared some posts and stuff with pictures from people over the weekend last weekend and um one of the employees wished me happy birthday and um I had a really good conversation with several several of the employees while I was there and volunteers and they were, they just had so many stories. Um it was just it was truly such an amazing experience and it's like I would need to sit down and talk to you for hours about it. I just don't think a simple little podcast episode could really describe it well and also I don't want to go into too many details because at the same time, like, I want to keep this kind of also to be where it's like, I don't want to spoil the experience for anyone that wants to go, if that makes sense. Like, I don't really know if any of my listeners are planning on going or want to go or I don't know that doesn't really matter but like I just don't really want to spoil anything like I don't know I just don't really want to spoil anything for you guys because it's such a special experience like and even if I were to try to describe everything it would take really long time so if you want to hear about everything and you're willing to hear everything I would love to expire I can't talk. I would love to, like, sit down and explain everything to you one-on-one because it's not something that I feel like I can do justice at the moment, but I'm trying my best. Um, 
anyways, drove by it. I was like, oh my goodness, ah, literally almost jumped out the car window because I was like, I need to go, (laughs) um, and I took, like, a little video driving by, and then we left, and while we were, we, while we were leaving, we noticed there was, we saw, like, the, there was, like, this little, like, bridge thing. You can see the, sh- like, the Soches at the beginning of the movie. This might be in the complete novel version, though. I can't, I think it might just be in the complete novel version. Yeah, I think it's in the complete novel version. Um... So, like, at the beginning, the socials are driving in their car, like, like on this little bridge thing, and then you can kind of see the railroad tracks, and, like, ponies walking on, like, the railroad tracks, and kicking rocks and stuff, and you could, like, we literally drove where the socials, like, drove, and, like, we could see the railroad tracks. So, that was really, really cool, and I wanted to find a way... (laughs) We never did, and I'm really sad, but there's a lot of things we didn't get to do, because we weren't even there. I mean, we were there, like I said. You know, we did everything that we did pretty much in a day, and we took maybe, like, seven hours to do that, and that was, like, us being at the house for a few hours, just because I didn't want to leave, um... (laughs) And we also like stopped for lunch and for breakfast and other different little things. So we were out we were out for about seven hours. So it was a pretty busy, like long day, and we just packed so much into it and we didn't even get to do all the things I wanted to do. And I wanted to do more. Like we technically could have gone to more places and I could have tried to figure out a way to get down there where the railroad tracks were. I feel like I could have done it. But I was, like, not feeling good because I had really bad allergies. I woke up with really bad allergies the day before my birthday. And I was like, oh, my goodness, you got to be kidding me. Like, if I'm feeling like this and I on my birthday, like, that's going to suck. And I did. It just kept getting worse and worse as the days went on. I had really, really bad allergies, which could have even been a sinus infection at that rate. Like, by the time that we, you know, (laughs) were done with everything at the museum, um, and we literally were just, like, driving away, and we were about to drive to the DX station, I literally was, like, I was like, I could pass out if I wanted to right now. I think what what happened is I was drunk on plain living. And if you get that reference, good for you. <laughs> I seriously think that I was drunk on plain living at in that moment. And that entire day, I still, pe- I still tell people that I was literally running on pure adrenaline the entire day. And when we left that house... I literally, like, crashed, and it was sad. I And, like, I came home, and I was like, everything is crashing and burning. <laughs> because I, I spent so much of my energy and my adrenaline and my excitement and all my feelings into that one day that I just, like, all, and all the emotions and just the, just being tired from traveling and being stuck in the car for several hours plus my bad allergies plus lack of sleep because I wasn't 
able to really sleep much last week with allergies anyways and then on top of being in a hotel room like it was just worse and anytime I travel my allergies get 10 times worse so it was like being in Tulsa made it worse and it was it was not good but I had one of the best bowls of like beef vegetable soup I've ever had in my life in Tulsa and I know I want to go back for the Outsiders Museum and there's like no question about that but I would definitely go back just for the for that bowl of soup and those waffles that I had okay um I I just I need to go back oh (laughs) I I already miss it it's it's breaking my heart ah um it was a really amazing experience. So I just, and here I am rambling and going in so many different directions. So anyways, we drove past the house and then we went to, we went over that bridge and I was like, oh my goodness, the bridge. And I real I didn't quite realize it the first time. I was like, I think it was. And then when we drove back over it to head back to the hotel, I was like, oh yeah, it totally was. So then we went to the hotel and I decided that I wanted to change into some what I call okay so I was like what clothes would I wear if I was living in Tulsa in this time period and I was like would I be a soche or would I be a greaser I've decided that I will forever be a greaser at heart for sure but if we're talking about how like my family's financial status and just maybe my personality in general I would definitely be labeled as a soche and I kind of had a conversation with that about my dad with my dad and my dad was kind of like yeah we would be soches (laughs) so it's kind of sad um but we would definitely be greasers at heart at least my dad and I But, I mean, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, I don't like being labeled as a soch. I want to be labeled as a greaser, but I know that in terms of, like, reality, I would have to be a soch if I was in that situation. So, yeah, there's that. So I dressed up in this skirt and this pink shirt that I have and I have like a little hair ribbon thingy. I don't know how to describe it. It's something that I feel like Sandy from Greece would wear. Maybe she wears something like that in her cheerleader uniform. I could be totally wrong, but it felt like something Sandy from Greece would wear. Um, and so I had that and my pearl earrings. And, you know, I put my hair up in a high ponytail and everything. And I was, I had these little sneakers that kind of look, I don't know how to describe them, but definitely do kind of look vintage, even though they're very modern. They do look vintage. Looks like something they might wear. So I wore that because I was really, really, really excited to go to the movies. And we were going to go see a movie at Circle Cinema, which is the movie theater that Pony walks 
into and out of in um, the Outsiders film. So I was thrilled, overjoyed to be able to go and see a film in that theater. It was something I, it was a location I wanted to visit and I think it was just that much more special that I got to watch a film in that theater. It was a very pony thing to do. So my dad being the amazing dad that he was, let me take pictures. He took pictures of me in the outside of the of the theater and when we walked inside of the theater uh, also he got a video of me walking into the theater and out of the theater so another like applause for my dad <laughs> so whenever I walked into the theater for the first time I was just taking in the atmosphere I was like oh my goodness it's it's crazy to be here and then I looked and I I looked to my right and it's kind of diagonal to the right from where you walk in. Um, if you walk in on the left doors, the left-hand doors. And I saw the Outsiders poster. And I was like, oh my goodness. And then I stepped forward and I noticed some of the cast members had signed it. So Ralph Macchio, C. Thomas Howell... The actor who played Randy, you forgot his name, Essie Hinton. I felt like there might have been someone else, maybe a more minor character. I think it might have just been the four of them from what I can remember. And I thought that was pretty cool seeing that in there. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so then we went into the, we got concessions just like popcorn and water. And then we went into the theater and we were going to see Minari, which is this Korean film. Oh my goodness, so good, guys. Just look up Minari, M-I-N-A-R-I, on Google. Watch the trailer. Oh my goodness. It was like a tearjerker. I didn't cry, but I was on the verge of tears. And it was such a moving piece of art that I was just like I, I don't even know how to describe it but it was so good it was definitely one of those movies that was just so heartwarming and it had Christian themes in it you know they mentioned God a lot and there was like praying and other different things involved and it was just an amazing it wasn't like a Christian film but it had Christian themes and um it was just so well done it was just an amazing film to watch and it was just very touching and just the grit and the determination that these characters had through their struggles was just inspiring anyways it's definitely a a good film a tearjerker and I was a little confused by the ending but other than that, I would highly recommend the film. And it was really cool because we found out that the film, most of it was shot, if not all of it, was shot in, not Tulsa, but like some town outside of Tulsa. I can't remember where exactly, but somewhere in Oklahoma, which was really cool because I was like, oh, that's really awesome. Um, and then... Another cool thing that was going on at that theater was there's this new film that stars, who was in it? 
Oh, it has, I think it has Matt Damon in it, if I am correct. I think it has Matt Damon in it. But it's called Stillwater, and it's about, I think, yeah, it's Matt Damon. And it's called Stillwater, and it's about, I haven't seen this film, but it's about, like, a conservative guy whose daughter is accused of something, and then he has to go somewhere to try to make, to try to help her or whatever can't exactly remember but it's set in Oklahoma I believe but they filmed it all in Tulsa so they had cast and crew members showing up while we were like leaving the film like there were people inside with you know name tags and you know their drinks and stuff and I was like well that's really cool so those might have been some you know just extras and you know crew members and stuff that were working on this film because they were there for some sort of kind of premiere type thing. So I thought that was really cool just being there while they were celebrating. Um, even though I was not part of that celebration <laughs> and I haven't seen this film, it was cool to just kind of be there in that theater while there was people there for that film. Um, and then we left the theater I was getting really sad I was like oh my goodness I don't know when I'm going to be able to come to this theater again um and I was kind of like that was my immediate thought leaving that theater but when I walked out those doors I took a few steps and I noticed oh my goodness there's Essie Hinton's name and it was like a little stone thing that had Essie Hinton and it had some other there were other, you know, little stones for people who had been there and had visited or, or, you know, have performed there, whatever it was. Um, and I think Kristen Chenoweth was there. There was another really popular actor that was there. I can't remember who else. Um, there were just a lot of, you know, kind of big name people that had been there. And of course, Essie Hinton was recognized there. And I thought, oh my goodness. So seeing that walking out of the theater, kind of being a little sad, not knowing when I would come there again, like that little, seeing that was just a sweet little sign. And I just was really touched by that. So we left the theater and we decided that we were going to try to go to this one place for dinner but when we get there we find out that it's closing in 30 minutes and we're like oh shoot that's not good so we ended up looking around in that area and there wasn't really much in that area other than bars and so we decided to go to a place that I found online called Tally's Diner and oh my goodness guys I already mentioned the beef and vegetable soup it was the best okay you need to go there. It was like all the old school diner vibes that you could ever imagine. Like they were playing old school diner like type music like you would hear from a jukes box or something. And it was good. It was it was a really really good experience. Everyone there was so friendly and the food was so good. They had really cool decor in there. It was it was a fun little experience because, uh, again, it was, like, me feeling like I was a part of that story again. You know, I was like, oh, a diner. 
like this is where I would hang out you know and we realized that this that like that where we were was kind of like the south side of the town so I was like oh south side Soch and I was thinking about how oh my goodness like like here I am living my life as a Soch I'm like I don't know if I like this or not but um it was kind of fun it was cool I really liked the atmosphere and it was on route 66 so that was pretty pretty special even more cool so we were driving back and then we saw a sign for like maybe it was like will rogers something church and i was like will rogers oh my goodness i wonder if will will rogers high school is nearby because that's the high school se hinton went to and people still go there today um in fact a lot of the volunteers and employees at the outsiders museum are locals that went there for high school which is pretty cool um and of course i think like the outsiders is required reading for them there and in the complete novel version of the film at the end you see pony boy at school and he waves to cherry and she kind of like looks at him and then walks away like (laughs) she just ignores him and it's really sad and his facial expression that went from a sweet little smile went to a frown and it was it was really sad and then pony had a conversation with mr syme about you know his english teacher about you know his grades going down and everything and and mr syme's like oh you know i i'll pass you with a c if you do a project right if you do like an essay um like a personal essay type thing so that takes place all outside of will rogers high school and we we were able to visit that the following day so after we went to the diner we were driving by some you know houses and things and my dad and I were kind of thinking later that night we were like oh yeah that's kind of like the soch that's like where that's like the soches like that's where they would live um and then we went back to the hotel and I tried to sleep that night but really struggled because again super excited and allergies so tried my very very best didn't really work well but that's all right i got some sleep and i only waked up a few times um only woke up not waked up what i'm sorry you guys i feel like i need to start this whole podcast episode over but i don't think it's worth it because i'll just keep on stumbling over my words or making poor grammar choices and i promise you it's something that I normally don't do unless I'm talking to people or making a podcast episode or I don't know like I always stumble over my words and get really like I don't know shy and don't always say things how I want them to sound or come out but whenever it, it's, like, me just writing or me talking to family or whatever, 
things come out way more naturally, sometimes too naturally, that I say things that I shouldn't say, and I'm like, oops. (laughs) So I think we've all been there. And just pardon me, because I also am still kind of recovering from bad allergies, lack of sleep, because I still struggled this week, even, you know, even though I was trying to sometimes go to bed early, (laughs) sometimes, mind you, sometimes, um, I tried. Anyways, woke up again, was like feeling horrible, but after taking a shower and getting some food and coffee in me at a really good cafe, um, I felt much better. So we kind of drove around in that little area because it was at that rate, it was like maybe 1030 and the museum didn't open till 11. So we just decided that after kind of driving around and stuff, we would just go ahead and head over there because it was about 15 minutes away. So no, I think it was even shorter than that. I think it might've been seven minutes away. So it was seven minutes away. We we were, were, I don't really know exactly what way we were taking, um, but it was a different way than whenever we drove by it the first time, because of course we were in a different area coming from a different direction. So we were driving into the Crutchfield neighborhood, and we were just kind of driving driving down the road and I was like oh my goodness there's Crutchfield Park and my dad's like what and I was like that's the park that's the park that Johnny and Pony went to and I was like in in that there's where the fountain used to be and he was like oh okay should we just should we come back here or should we just go now and I was like let's just go now because like we have plenty of other stuff we're going to be doing and we had time to kill and it was perfect it was a perfect amount of time and so we got out of the car and I literally was like running out of the car and into the park I was just running for my life I felt so free I was so happy I don't know why but I felt the verge of like I felt on the verge of just like rolling around in the grass but then I found that that probably wasn't a good idea with my allergies, <laughs> so I didn't roll around in the grass, but I was, like, so happy just trying to take in literally everything because I I knew that that's where they, they spent a lot of, like, the cast and stuff, spent a lot of their time where, like, they would do activities and stuff because Coppola would make them play games, and, like, he would get the soches and the greasers, like, the cast members for each one, and he would get them to play games against each other. Like, they would have to play football and different... And they would do just different games, like soccer and stuff, to build up that animosity over time. So, um, I knew that that's where a lot of that took place. So, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I think even at some point, they actually brought horses to the park for the boys to ride around in, um... So they were riding horses there as well, which I was like, oh my goodness. So a lot of stuff, like behind the scenes stuff took place, you know, a lot of stuff that we just, you just don't really hear about, but you can see some pictures about because Coppola just made them live like their greasers and live this, make, made the socias live like the socias they were playing. So I just think that it's pretty cool how there was already so much history in that soil 
to begin with that you don't even like see on film and even on film like you only see parts of it and I was really struggling to try to like picture where everything was shot and so my dad was like why don't we just take pictures a bunch of pictures so he he got out the nice camera and was taking a bunch of pictures of the area because um he wanted to be able to kind of like compare whenever we watched the film again so he took a bunch of pictures and then he and then we went and found the spot where the fountain used to be and the museum is actually actually has parts of the fountain and they're in the process of restoring it so they're in the process of restoring the fountain and they have parts of it at the house so you can go see it i touched part the part of the I was like, I just, I don't know why, but I was like, I'm just going to touch it. So I touched the fountain, <laughs> part of the fountain. Um, but of course they have parts missing, obviously. So they have to kind of recreate some things. Like they have had to recreate a lot of stuff at the house and a lot of just little different things. Um, like even the inside of the house, like they had to recreate wallpaper. They had to recreate walls, just all these different things. Cause that house was basically in shambles. You know, they didn't have a lot of the original, like, anything like they didn't have any of the original furniture um and then the wallpaper just all that kind of stuff so everything that they have in that house is what they had to find to basically just be a copy of what they had in the film and obviously not everything is to the t um and i was kind of noticing i was like oh yeah like that's not the same color like the pillows that they had on the couch wasn't weren't the same type of pillows that they had in the movie just like little things but the overall atmosphere and what they were able to pull off really was very convincing in fact I kept asking people I was like is this original or is it not and they're like it's not original um but the furniture looks kind of rough and it looks you know very similar to what they have in the film where it was very convincing Anyways, Crutchfield Park was great, but a lot of what was there in the film is gone. You, I think literally everything that is there now wasn't there before. So that's kind of sad. But it is what it is. <laughs> and they are in the process of rebuilding the fountain. And I don't think they're going to... I don't think they have the intention of putting it in the park. I think it's like they have the intention of just keeping it at the museum because it's probably the safest place to keep it. I'm not entirely sure what their plans are, but they are in the process of rebuilding it. And they're also in the process of restoring the DX station, which I am so, so, so excited about. And I joined the Facebook group for that because whenever we visited the DX station after going to the museum, we... I mean, well, I got out of the car. Everybody was like, I'm done. So, because that's the last location we went to was Sperry, Oklahoma, where the DX station was, where the Rexel drugstore was, and maybe where, I think it might have been where, like, that scene at the beginning with those kids and Dally, and Dally's like, I don't like kids. I just don't like them. Um... And it's like the 52 pickup card situation thingy. I don't really know exactly how to describe the scene, but I think you know what I mean. 
that scene takes place like there I think I found the spot where that took place so that's all in that little area but we decided to do that last because it's about 18 to 20 minutes away from the house and I think it was about 20 to 21 um the way we took so we decided to do that last but on the sign they had a sign on the door that showed you like in that they were in the process of like restoring it and that for more details and for updates and everything you could you know use this QR code and join the Facebook group so you could see the process of them restoring this over time and I think they're asking for donations and everything so that was really cool they had the door open to the DX station and I went I went I looked inside I didn't really I didn't step inside really because there was like glass everywhere like pieces of little pieces of glass everywhere and there was like a garbage bag there was just some other stuff it was just sad to see it in the state that it was in but the DX station is very 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 small like I'm not entirely sure what sort of thing they have in mind for the DX station but they obviously have something in mind something in the works so that's really cool gives me another reason to come back so yeah there there's my little take on the DX station it was awesome but the sign is there there was a point where the sign was not there but they put it up because I think they knew that fans would want to go there like true fans that were dedicated to going to all the film locations in addition to the house would want to go there so the sign was put back up maybe a few years ago because at one point the sign the dx sign wasn't there so i think they had to i don't even think i don't even know if it's the original sign but at one point they had to to find some sort of sign to replace it with so there's a dx sign there which is really really cool i wore my dx shirt my dx hat that i actually made because i was not going to spend a total of like 60 bucks (laughs) to get the ones that they no i take it back if you wanted the actual replica shirt, it was going to be like $75 and then the hat was going to be 35 So it would be like 100 over 100 and it would be like 110 But they did have DX patches, so if you, like iron-on patches, so if you had a shirt you could iron those on too, you could. And that was originally my plan, but I was like, what the heck, I'm just going to spend my own money and make my own thing. So I made my own thing on my own DX hat and DX shirt and it's pretty darn close it looks kind of sad compared to how I wanted it to look but it looks pretty darn close so I wore that there which is really fun fun for taking pictures anyways after we went to the park we went to the house which was literally like down the road it was not even that far we could have walked there if we wanted to but it was really really hot so we walked, we didn't walk, <laughs> we drove there and we found a place to park and we parked kind of on the side of the house and at that rate it might have been like ten fifty or something and we thought might as well just walk up and we kind of took our time getting out of the car and I took my time just walking, you know, up to the front for the like to the front gate and everything I was kind of like walking slowly on the side of the house just admiring every little detail because you don't really 
think to look at those type of things when you're watching a film. And the fact that they were trying to make everything to the T just made me really, really happy and excited. So, of course, I was going to get really excited and look at every little thing. So, I was taking my time walking up. And so, we were, we walked up and there was some there was someone there visiting with the guy who restored the place, Danny O'Connor. So, we, you know, said hi to Danny. Super nice down-to-earth guy. Again, I'm going to have to tell you about Danny's story because my dad looked up his story about and where he was kind of curious as to like why he was doing this and everything and it's a tearjerker. So, um, that's another story, but he did comment on my Facebook, Facebook post in the like friends, like the friends of, you, you know, the Outsiders Museum page and he said, happy birthday and stay gold, and that made me really, really touched, um, and, yeah, (laughs) that's, I have to, I'm gonna have to do a whole other podcast episode describing everything else, like, this is just the beginning, anyways, walked up to the house, and I was like, oh my goodness, like, just, just them, you know, opening, having the gate open, and, them welcoming us was just so surreal and I was just so excited to be there and so they told us that they were that we were going to have to go into the back you know and go to the gift shop and pay for our tickets and they would give us a stamp and if we wanted to we could look around in the shop or whatever and then we can come back you know we could do whatever we wanted to and then they would allow us to come through the front we would take pictures, so we did, we did all of that, went to the front, we took pictures on the front porch, and then they were like, are you ready to go inside, and I was like, yes, (laughs) I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, and immediately, as I walked through those doors, I was just overjoyed, I was filled with so much joy, and I just kind of, just thinking about it, I'm like, oh my goodness, that happened, um, it was one of those moments where I was like, I, I could cry, <laughs> and just stepping in there was just so, so surreal, um, and I was immediately welcomed by super sweet employees and volunteers, and I got to meet an extra in the film, I got to meet Joe, oh, Joe, he is so nice, I love Joe, Joe deserves his own podcast episode, okay? He was an extra in the film. He was in the beginning, in one of the beginning scenes where Dally, Johnny, and Pony are, I think they're just kind of walking and they they run into some greasers and they're kind of chilling by their cars and stuff and then a fight kind of starts to break out between those greasers and the, the police show up and... Joe is an extra in that scene, and his car is in, is briefly seen in one of the parts of that scene, so that was pretty darn cool, and he was telling us about that, and he showed me a picture of who he was in that scene, so that was pretty cool, Um, but his story is really special because he just loved taking pictures, and so he decided that he was going to have fun on set and 
just take pictures. He said, nobody told me that I couldn't, so I did. So that's what he did. He he went into, like, the makeup trucks. I don't even know if they had trailers or anything. They probably didn't really have anything super proper. Um, it wasn't like Hollywood or anything. Nothing was all fancy for these boys. And that was, again, because Coppola wanted them to experience feeling what their characters would feel so it was kind of a method acting type atmosphere but not quite to the extreme but definitely a method acting there was a lot of method acting type situations so he would just go in and you know he would go in while the big stars were having their makeup done and their hair done and he would take pictures, you know, behind the scenes of just the boys messing around and horsing around, you know, doing what boys do, playing games and just all these different things. And a lot of the behind the scenes pictures you see on the internet are taken by Joe. Like I could tell you because I got to see the pictures that he had in his little photo album. You could flip through them in the kitchen. So that was really, really special just seeing all of them and just how he was involved in a special way and I think nobody realized the importance of those pictures at the time until now and Joe didn't really realize why he was doing it he just did it and it was like it makes sense now to him because he gets to share that with people every time they walk into that museum and so it's been so special to just kind of hear those stories from Joe and see those stories through the pictures because it gives you more of an idea that these actors are just boys. You know, <laughs> they're, they're just boys. And I really felt that when I was just flipping through the pictures and seeing them, you know, messing around and playing games and you know eating food like there's this picture of Matt Dillon biting into a corn dog and he still looks so handsome and it's just it's so it's just really it was really cool and it was really special to talk to him and he let me take a picture with him and and in fact he even had pictures printed out that he took and he was selling them and he you know he signed them and everything and it was twenty dollars and I was like should I buy one from him should I should I not and um whenever we came back a second time after going to some film locations we came back to the house a second time because I wanted to walk through more slowly and look at some things that I didn't quite get to see the first time because it felt a little rushed at first and you know we still had time and they were like you can come back like you have a stamp you can come back and I don't think a lot of people do that, though, because one of the employees is, like, he's saying, I was so impressed with you because you seem like such a dedicated person because you and your family came here, you went through all, like, all the film locations, the major film locations, and then you came back here, and you you walked through again, you spent a long time in there, and you just took everything in and he said like you're a true outsiders fan and that literally made my entire day I was like 
I'm a true fan. This is really, this is really special. So, um, whenever we came back, I decided I'm just going to buy one from him. I thought about it for a few hours and I was like, I'm going to buy it from him. This is a really special opportunity. You know, I might come back and Joe might not be selling them anymore. (laughs) Who knows if I'll ever be able to come back. So I wanted to jump on the opportunity and $20 was just, that was, that was a steal in my opinion. And so I got I bought a picture of Rob, Rob Lowe. Oh, I love Rob Lowe. Bought a picture of young Rob, 17 going on 18, looking just so handsome and so serious, but also just so joyful, being the joyful, sweet little being that he is. (laughs) And that was, that was really special to buy that from Joe. And Joe was telling me how that, that picture was his favorite picture of Rob, the favorite, not only the favorite picture that, like, of Rob in general, but, like, his favorite picture that he took of Rob, and so that was really special to me to be able to own that, and that was just, it was so special being able to talk to him and in the stories that he had, because it makes the whole situation that much more real when you get to talk to someone that has been there that was there that got to see these people and it's like you see all the history and you see everything and it becomes really real when you're in there but it it's not the same as being able to like meet someone who's who was really there and could tell you about every little thing and he showed he was showing us some of the other stuff around in the house he was show he showed me how um he showed me like Essie Hinton's yearbook picture and Ralph Macchio's yearbook picture, and Patrick Swayze's yearbook picture that was there, and that was really special to have him kind of show us around, and, um, and just share some of the stuff he had, you know, and some of his pictures were in a room, and they were in these, like, cute little golden frames, and it was, like, of the cat, you know, each little cast, had their own picture and it was it was really special to just see more of Joe's pictures and I think those might have been the originals and it was just oh man I can't even describe everything (laughs) um I do have to tell you the story about the towel so Rob Lowe's character Soda Pop Curtis in the film he is getting out of the shower and wrapping himself in this green towel and somebody just happened to still have it and so there's the towel (laughs) they have the original towel and whenever Rob visited for his I think it might have been his 50th or 53rd birthday he whenever he was in Tulsa filming something with his sons I think it was his 53rd birthday yeah, 53rd birthday, he was filming a show with his sons, and they were in Tulsa, and it was for his birthday, and he says, you know, I need to go to the house, because that was really where my career started, it was the first ever film that he started, he was, he turned 18 on set, and for him to go back there just felt right whenever he was in Oklahoma, and so he, he took his son, and 
they went to the house and at that point they were still in the process of restoring a lot of stuff but Essie Hinton was there and they still had some of like they still had his costumes you know they still had his iconic flannel and his iconic DX shirt and DX hat that his son got to wear which was really special and they had the towel and so when he was there he signed it and he said he signed it with like stay gold and he signed his name and so they have the towel at the museum in the bathroom at the Curtis house so they had like this little little rope because they don't want you going in, in the bathroom or anything and so but they will let you touch the towel and stand in the bathroom you just there just has to be an employee or volunteer around to like allow you to do so and I was just kind of walking around minding my own business and then this employee was like have you she's like do you want to hold the towel and I was like yes so I go running over there and she unhooks the little rope thingy and she lets me stand in the bathroom and she hands the towel to me and I took a picture with the towel. It was kind of funny. She said that a lot of guys will go in there and take it way too seriously and they'll take off their shirts and they'll like wrap the towel around their waist and take pictures and she said it's it's, it's just really entertaining. Um, so that was really fun and then they also had like fake chocolate cake and an empty beer bottle, like an empty Budweiser beer bottle on the coffee table that you could hold they would like they're like okay sit down right here they have like an x they have a spot on the floor that's x with tape where you're supposed to sit because it's kind of like where he was sitting and so you're supposed to sit there and they'll hand you the the cake and they'll tell you okay you got to have the beer bottle in in this hand and and so and then they would take a picture of you you know just holding it and then then you would have to pretend to drink the beer and you know they would get it from different angles but they were always they were just they were just so fun the employees were so fun and they were always asking oh have you have you taken the picture yet or or oh do you need help taking the picture or whatever so they were they were always making sure that everyone took the iconic photo so we got the two-bit picture that was really special and then we got a picture on the couch that was probably one of my favorite one of my favorite pictures from the entire trip was me sitting on the couch and it was a candid picture. I don't exactly know why I was laughing or smiling to my car- my heart's content in that picture, but I was just sitting where Soda Pop was sitting um, whenever Pony comes home. Really where like Soda Pop is sitting anytime he sits on the couch in the film. So I was sitting like on the far right side, kind of like leaning up leaning my arm against like the the side of the sofa or whatever and I don't know exactly why I was smiling or laughing to my heart's content but my sister got a candid picture of me doing that on the couch and it's probably my favorite picture from the entire trip just because I felt so so happy and so lost in the moment I don't know how to describe it but it was probably my favorite picture from the trip. It was really, it was just, everything was just kind of hitting me, and it didn't quite hit me yet. So I was kind of like, 
I don't know, soaking everything in. And that was really, really special. Um, And I just kind of walked around and looked at different things. They had a lot of, like, I think they had... Well, I take it back. They didn't have anything... They didn't have any of Patrick Swayze's costumes, but they had... um, They had Johnny's Converse. They had his jean jacket, his shirt, his black shirt. They had ponies, both the ponies, like, blue jackets because he wears one at the end in the complete novel where he's at going to school um at will rogers that one he wears there's his tank top that he wears they had that there and everything is just dirty like it's still like they haven't washed it or anything a lot of the clothes weren't washed they're like stained there's diane lane's um she played cherry they have her skirt and they had to have at least five of those skirts because they had to do several takes obviously as they do for many scenes and so it but it kept getting coke all over it because she's you know splashing coke at matt dylan who plays dally And, and um honestly that must have been so fun just saying there's literally still coke stains on the skirt to this day and just share some of the stuff he had you know and some of his pictures were in a room and they were in these like cute little golden frames and it was like of the cat you know each little cast had their own picture and it was it was really special to just see more of Joe's pictures and I think those might have been the originals and it was just oh man I can't even describe everything (laughs) um I do have to tell you the story about the towel so Rob Lowe's character Soda Pop Curtis in the film he is getting out of the shower and wrapping himself in this green towel and somebody just happened to still have it and so there's the towel (laughs) they have the original towel and whenever rob visited for his i think it might have been his 50th or 53rd birthday he whenever he was in tulsa filming something with his sons i think it was his 53rd birthday yeah 53rd birthday he was filming a show with his sons and they were in Tulsa, and it was for his birthday, and he says, you know, I need to go to the house, because that was really where my career started, it was the first ever film that he started, he was, he turned 18 on set, and for him to go back there just felt right whenever he was in Oklahoma, and so he, he took his son, and they went to the house, and at that point, they were still in the process of restoring a lot of stuff, but Essie Hinton was there, and they still had some of, like, they still had his costumes, you know, they still had his iconic flannel, and 
his iconic DX shirt and DX hat that his son got to wear, which was really special. And they had the towel. And so when he was there, he signed it and he said he signed it with like stay gold and he signed his name. And so they have the towel at the museum in the bathroom at the Curtis house. So they had like this little little rope because they don't want you going in, in the bathroom or anything. And so, but they will let you touch the towel and stand in the bathroom. You just, there just has to be an employee or volunteer around to like allow you to do so. And I was just kind of walking around minding my own business. And then this employee was like, have you, she's like, do you want to hold the towel? And I was like, yes. So I go running over there and she unhooks the little rope thingy and she lets me stand in the bathroom and she hands the towel to me and I took a picture with the towel. It was kind of funny. She said that a lot of guys will go in there and take it way too seriously and they'll take off their shirts and they'll like wrap the towel around their waist and take pictures and she said it's it's, it's just really entertaining. Um, So that was really fun and then they also had like fake chocolate cake and an empty beer bottle like an empty Budweiser beer bottle on the coffee table that you could hold they would like they're like okay sit down right here they have like an x they have a spot on the floor that's x with tape where you're supposed to sit because it's kind of like where he was sitting and so you're supposed to sit there and they'll hand you a c- the the cake and they'll tell you okay you got to have the beer bottle in in this hand and and so and then they would take a picture of you you know just holding it and then you, then you would have to pretend to drink the beer and you know they would get it from different angles but they were always they were just they were just so fun the employees were so fun and they were always asking oh have you have you taken the picture yet or or oh do you need help taking the picture or whatever so they were they were always making sure that everyone took the iconic photo so we got the two-bit picture that was really special and then we got a picture on the couch that was probably one of my favorite one of my favorite pictures from the entire trip was me sitting on the couch and it was a candid picture I don't exactly know why I was laughing we're smiling to my car, my heart's content in that picture, but I was just sitting where Soda Pop was sitting um, whenever Pony comes home. Really where, like, Soda Pop is sitting anytime he sits on the couch in the film. So I was sitting, like, on the far right side, kind of, like, leaning up, leaning my arm against, like, the, the side of the sofa or whatever, and I don't know exactly why I was smiling or laughing to my heart's content, but my sister got a candid picture of me doing that on the couch, and it's probably my favorite picture from the entire trip just because I felt so, so happy and so lost in the moment. I don't know how to describe it, but it was probably my favorite picture from the trip. It was really, it was just, everything was just kind of hitting me, and it didn't quite hit me yet. So I was kind of like, I don't know, soaking everything in. And that was really, really special. Um, And I just kind of walked around and looked at different things. They had a lot of, like, I think they had... Well, I take it back. They didn't have anything 
They didn't have any of Patrick Swayze's costumes, but they had um they had Johnny's Converse. They had his jean jacket, his shirt, his black shirt. They had ponies both of ponies like blue jackets because he wears one at the end in the complete novel where he's at going to school um at will rogers that one he wears there's his tank top that he wears they had that there and everything is just dirty like it's still like they haven't washed it or anything a lot of the clothes weren't washed they're like stained there's diane lane's um she played cherry they have her skirt and they had to have at least five of those skirts because they had to do several takes obviously as they do for many scenes and so it but it kept getting coke all over it because she's you know splashing coke at matt dylan who plays dally and, and um honestly that must have been so fun just saying but there's literally still coke stains on the skirt to this day and i could keep going but i realize that this episode is already getting very long and it's just all over the place there's just so much to say this is just the beginning and i just wanted to share some of it because it's so surreal that it happened it's literally the best gift ever best birthday gift ever I will never forget it, and I probably won't make another podcast episode about it because I just don't want to talk everybody's ear off, and I feel like I'm kind of annoying people to death with all this stuff, but if you ever want to hear about it and want more details or anything, I'd be happy to write a book for you explaining everything. (laughs) I'm joking. No, I'd be happy to talk one-on-one with you about it. Um, because just so much happened. I think I really got the main gist of everything. A lot of the really exciting stuff. Of course, we went to Will Rogers. We went to the DX station. We went to Rexel Drugstore and all that stuff in Sperry, Oklahoma. Then we went to the museum. We went to Crutchfield Park. Um... We went to Admiral Twin Drive-In, which is the drive-in movie theater we went through. I even got to sneak in through a hole where they snuck in. That was pretty cool. Um, That was pretty much it in terms of where we went. Um, Of course, we drove over that bridge and got to see the railroad tracks. That was pretty much it, honestly. There We were going to go to... I wanted to go to the hospital where they filmed the outside of the hospital stuff in. And then maybe the inside. I couldn't quite figure out if that was a set or not. Um, and then we were also going to go to the church. And there was some place else that I was like, I need to go to. Oh, it was a special place where someone dies, and I don't want to spoil who dies, but there's a special spot that was literally super close to Crutchfield Park, and we could have went there, 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, it still kills me that I never got to go see that spot. And I'm like, why would I want to? Because it would make me kind of sad. Kind of. It would make me sad. But then again, another reason for me to come back. <laughs> so I could see those spots. I could see the DX station being more restored, if not restored all the way. Um, same thing for the fountain. And they're still collecting stuff. They're still bringing stuff in. They're still doing stuff with the museum. They're still, they still have people, you know, giving, sending them memorabilia. They have people sending them copies of the outsiders, you know, from other countries in different languages. You know, they have just so much just just a collection that keeps on growing in so many things that they have to keep on rearranging stuff in the museum and they're thinking about taking down some of the pictures that they have on the wall in one of the rooms just because they need to put more stuff up and so it's just constantly growing and that's honestly and this we had a conversation with them with a volunteer there about it and he says you couldn't do this with any other film and that's what just makes this whole experience that much more special just every little thing is just done to the t there and they're still doing stuff with it which is amazing so all the more reason for me to go back it's not a super far drive it's just and it's not that expensive the museum it costs ten dollars a person and if you're um a future greaser (laughs) A kid underneath, under the age of six, you get in for, like, five, like, half the price. Um, so, if you have younger siblings or nieces, nephews, kids that you want to take, it's it's cheaper. You save a little bit more money. <laughs> um, yeah, but $10 a person for all of that, just to experience that is amazing of course you're not even spending money going to the film locations like you're you're spending gas mileage obviously and money on gas but it was all within a super short distance of everything like the farthest we had to drive for a film location was literally just to Sperry Oklahoma which is another town which is where the DX station and everything else was and that was literally 20 minutes away and that was it like nothing was that far away I think the drive-in was maybe like 15 to 18 minutes away like Will Rogers was about the same distance but from like one location it was not far and it's just it's all within a a minute to 20 minute drive of everything pretty much but where they filmed um the fictitious town of Windricksville that's underwater now I believe so you can't see anything and of course the church is isn't there because it's was burned down and everything so a lot of you can't really see a lot of that you could go to the the like place like that's underwater like underwater now and you could imagine it there um because I think there's a man-made lake or something there now. can't remember. Um, and where they filmed all the scenes in Windricksville was several hours outside of Tulsa. Which is kind of funny because if you think about it, like, 
wow, that's cool. It's kind of like them actually going out far away and, you know, being out in the country because that's where they really were. So I think it's really cool how, in a sense, everything was just so real. I don't know. It felt so, so real to me. It was really special just seeing it all come to life and how everything was like almost exactly how I imagined it when I was reading it and Coppola did such an amazing job I don't think I would want to see the movie any other way um I would like to see a few certain scenes in the book that I really liked I would like to see that on screen And I know some of it's not entirely possible because a lot of it's kind of just flashbacks or inner dialogue or maybe unnecessary dialogue for a film that doesn't quite make sense to have. It made sense for the book, but it still would be really special because it gives you more character development for other characters that you didn't quite get to see as much in the film because you're more focused on, okay, what's going on with Pony and Dally and Johnny, but mainly Pony and Johnny. So I I do kind of think it's the book is way better in the sense that you get to see each of the seven greasers grow and even characters like Cherry grow and Randy, especially. I think Randy and Cherry are two underrated minor characters that people just give tons of hate towards, which kind of breaks my heart. I love Diane Lane, honestly. She's she's a great actress. I love her. And all the stuff that she had to put up with those boys on set probably annoyed her to death because they would mess around with her. They would tease her all the time, but they each one of those actors admitted that they had a crush on her. They 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 thought she was really attractive Uh, my dad and I watched the audio commentary um, of the cast that they did in 2003 in May 2003 and it's on the complete novel version like you'd have to get like the disc complete novel disc version of the film and it has the audio commentary so you can watch the film with the actors um, and all of them were commenting about how they had a crush and see Thomas Howell who plays Ponyboy wanted to deny it like he tried denying it but he definitely had a crush on Diane Lane which almost made how he acted around Cherry like how Pony acted around Cherry that was like it was more real if that makes sense like and he said to him you know he said that he wasn't playing Pony he was Pony he said he was experiencing everything like he was Pony. Like, he said that that's probably the only film that he acted in where he was experiencing everything as it was. Like, it was real. Like, it was happening to him for real. And he said that that made the tears real. That made him shivering real. Like, everything was really real. So, I just think that the dedication that all the actors had in in this film, and especially the director had in this film is just very apparent and you can see that history to this day because that film is what where I don't know it's what helped those big name actors from the 80s 
get where they are today. Some of them recognize that and literally appreciate it so much. And there's others that want to forget that they were a part of this. But the fact that it's still touching people, people are still discovering it, people are reading it for school and it's changing their lives, it's changing their perspective and you get to see this story come to life and the film come to life is is just truly magical. It's like a whole nother experience from Disney World. Like if you've been to Disney World and you know what that experience is like, it's even like crazier than that for some reason. Um, and if you ever get the chance, do it. You you should totally do it. I, I I highly recommend it. You won't feel like you're wasting a dime. I don't know why you think would think you were wasting a dime. I don't know, but like you you won't you won't be disappointed for sure. Like I didn't know what expectations I had going into it. I really didn't. And it was kind of good that I didn't really come in with any crazy expectations or anything. But it did not disappoint my friends. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the rambling and my horrible talking. I just can't... Again, it's like me still feeling so shocked that it happened, that it's led me speechless and also like... I can't even talk properly, so I apologize about everything you had to hear come out of my lips um, for the hour and 20 minutes or so that I've talked. So I appreciate it if you're still listening, and if you want to hear more, hit me up. If you're like, can you please shut up, tell me to shut up. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I want to remind you all to stay gold, to stay healthy, make sure to rest. I'm praying for everyone, and I hope that you have an amazing week coming up, amazing rest of your weekend, or whatever day you're listening to this on. I hope that you have a really great day.